everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Voice of X. Uh, I think it's December 13th here. And as I promised, we're going to be talking about uh, some COVID-19 or, you know, kind of updates up until now. Um, but before we get started again, I said it last week and I'm going to keep reiterating it. Please, if you don't follow me on social media, please go over there and do so. There's other content. I share articles and whatnot on there. So you can follow me on Getter and Parlor and Gab. All three of those, my handle is at the Voice of X. On Twitter, I am at Voice underscore of X. And you can also follow my blog, which the um, I write I write little opinion pieces on there for my daily my my blog. Sometimes it's daily, sometimes it's not. Or I will um, my podcast get posted on there. You can subscribe, but you can go uh, find that over at thevoiceofx.wordpress.com. Anyway, on to today. Um, like I've been saying the last couple of weeks, wanted to talk about COVID and where we're at up until now. Um, I've covered this in the past on my podcast, and there's lots of data in there, and I'm going to have lots of data in this one. And of course, as usual, you'll be able to find the links that I that I'm citing, um, the the links to the uh, information that I'm giving you in the description. Please read it. Look at it yourself. Don't just take my word for it. And for goodness sake, don't just stop there. Go look elsewhere. Maybe you'll end up with a different opinion than me. That's fine. But you need to research it and look into it for yourself. If you're just listening to media, especially mainstream media, you're not getting, you're not just not getting all the data. They're lying to you. They are flat out lying to you. So make sure that you research this yourself. Do your due diligence. Anyways, again, welcome back. Um, First thing we're going to cover, we're going to go through this in stages. Uh, over the last 20 months, this has been going on or so, almost two years now. Uh, let's talk about uh, 15 days to flatten the curve. You guys remember that? We actually got a postcard in the mail about that. Um, and it, the wording has changed since then. People talk, say 15 days to stop the spread or slow the spread. Um, they sold it that way, but that's not what it was. It was originally just 15 days to flatten the curve because... Uh, they wanted to kind of just slow it down enough so that it wouldn't overwhelm the res uh, the medical resources. You can't stop it. You can't stop the spread, period. It's it's going to spread no matter what. All you can do is decide whether to pull that Band-Aid off fast or slow. They decided to do it slow so they wouldn't overwhelm the hospitals, emergency room staff, whatnot, which, by the way, never happened. It never happened. Okay? Um <laughs> Hindsight, we, we didn't know going this the first month or two, but as data started coming in, we should have changed how we did things, but we didn't. Instead, the states, and look, look, I, I'm a Trump supporter. I'm conservative. I'm Republican. Um, he was not my first choice during the primaries, but look, that's who the team picked, and that's who we supported, and actually it was a good idea. He left this up to the states, and the states are the ones that have, up until Biden's election, were the ones that were really screwing us over. Here in California, Newsom described the state shutdown and his shelter-in-place orders as temporary measure. And as these are his words, a moment in time. Uh, 20 months later. 20 months later, we still have, he's still using his emergency powers. Unbelievable. Back to stopping the spread. Why, why can't we stop the spread? Why was it always just to flatten the curve? You can't stop the spread because... <laughs> How many of you guys have ever seen the movie Backdraft? If not, I'd recommend going to see it. It was a good movie. Um, Kurt Russell's in it. Uh, one of the Baldwin brothers, I think uh, Jennifer, Jason Lee, something like that. Anyways, but it was a good movie. It was a Ron Howard movie. Anyways, in it, 
it's 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 a it's a fireman's it's a term the firemen use when you have a closed off room and the fire doesn't quite go out it just sits in there and smolders because it's kind of starving to death it's being starved of oxygen and then the second you open that door boom it's explosive all that fuel gets back in there again that's really kind of what happened with COVID. We lock everybody away, things slow down, they don't stop because people don't stop interacting completely. You never will, never will, not gonna happen. Stop thinking that you can't, you can do that, you can't, okay? But what happens is as soon as everybody starts going out again, they think it's okay, boom, it takes off again. So that's kind of the Band-Aid analogy. You can either spike quickly and then come back down or you can spread it out over time. But the numbers are always gonna be the same. They're well, about the same. You're just, it's just, am I getting all the numbers at once or am I getting them spread out over time? We decided to spread them out over time. And even then, it was on a state-by-state -state basis, okay? But let's look at some countries. Sweden, and this is the big one everybody looked at and is still looking at. They decided to pull off the Band-Aid quick. They did the exact opposite of what is still, many Americans still believe is the right course of action. They did the opposite of what many Americans still believe is the right course of action. The lockdowns, the masks, the closures, everything else. Well, what happened in Sweden? Well, here's some, here's some information on that, okay? Dr. Sebastian Rushworth, who's an ER doctor at a hospital in Stockholm, he writes on his blog, COVID is over in Sweden. People have gone back to their normal lives and barely anyone is getting infected anymore. Now, they are addressing um, some of the Omicron stuff, and, but nothing's really changing as far as their policy goes. All right, there, there have been, in Sweden, as of this time, I think uh, there have been around 15,000 deaths in a country that has 10.3 million people. So this is really still in line with the average throughout the rest of Europe. Now, it's higher than some of their Scandinavian neighbors, but overall in Europe, this is about the average per capita, okay? So what does this show? Well, it means they have the same number of deaths on average as the rest of Europe without being tyrannical and destroying their economy. Uh, people look at it and go, look, they, they still have this large number of deaths. Yeah. But they, it didn't make a difference, is what I'm saying. It didn't make a difference if you stayed open and just let things go as normal with very minor uh, changes in policy to locking everything down, having mass mandates and everything else. It made no difference. So these people, all they did was act in a tyrannical manner, destroy their economies and everything else for no, really no reason whatsoever. By the way, also most of the deaths as elsewhere in Sweden, you know, the most of the deaths in Sweden, just like everywhere else, they occurred in those that were very old and had severe comorbidities. It's sad. It is sad. Uh, look, I'm not taking lightly anyone who's lost someone to COVID. Please understand, I'm not. It, but most, most of the people who died from COVID and who died from COVID during this whole pandemic, they were statistically going to die anyway. And you can see this in a Johns Hopkins video um, with Dr. Uh, her name is Dr. Genevieve Brienne. And I put a link in here on that. Um, you can see that, that the numbers show that these, this, the, the, the total number of deaths in the United States really didn't change because it's really getting people who have severe comorbidities, very old, and likely would have ended up dying from the flu or pneumonia or the cancer, would have succumbed to the cancer or heart disease. Again, it's not, doesn't mean it's not sad when you lose somebody, but we have to face facts. We have to look at things as a whole. Anyway, back to Sweden. In addition to Sweden, um, we actually have states right here in the United States, like Texas and Florida. They handled the, pa the pandemic 
I mean, they're polar opposite of states like California and New York. Those states stayed open, and they didn't mandate masks and closed schools, and they fared far better, and still do. I said we're still having problems in, I mean, look at New York. Look at New York. Here in California, we still have, it depends on what county you're in, but the county of L.A. is pretty bad, and the city of L.A. is going off the rails. All right? I mean, requiring masks and vaccine passports, anything, just to go out to eat. It's, it's ridiculous. Now, in August of 2020, the CDC said that only 6% of deaths were from COVID alone. And, man, this got blasted by fact checkers in the media and everything else. People trying to say that, oh, well, it just means that only 6% that only six of these people actually died from COVID. Well, yeah, that is what it's saying. From COVID alone. All right, the media tried to spin this as though Trump and the right, then they were trying to play down the numbers. I don't believe that was so, but if they were, who cares if that was what they were trying to market? The fact is that healthy individuals didn't necessarily have that much of a risk of having a serious problem or dying from COVID. I had COVID. I know what it felt like. I know what we went through. Now, before you get on me for playing this down or explaining to me that you had a loved one, um, you had a loved one die who did not have other comor comorbidities, they just died from COVID alone, let me just say that I'm not being disrespectful to your loss. I I'm not. But facts need to be placed above your feelings, above my feelings, about everybody's feelings, because this is the, the, the common good, everybody's good that we're talking about here. And they try and say the same on the other side. But guys, we have to look at the whole thing. We have to look at facts. We have to look at data. We have to look at it from different points of view, not just, not just health and wellness, but also mental health, economically, financially. All these other things have to be taken into account and make a well-balanced decision. Now, if you did lose somebody, I truly am sorry. And while you're in the minority that experienced that, losing somebody to, to COVID alone, no comorbidities, just out of the blue, I know that's 100% for you. And you're justified in your emotions, but those emotions cannot be the governing force for all of our society. We have to go with the data. And for a side, by the way, the left that likes to spout the mantra, follow the science, the left and the progressives are far more interested in emotions and following their passions rather than the facts. Also, by the way, far too often I run into this. People who had it, you know, they had COVID and they, and they recovered, they overhyped the symptoms. Because when I go and talk to people, I tell them, oh, oh I had COVID. Um, and I told them, you know, it was like a, it was like a moderate flu for me. Um, and they'll be like, oh, it was really bad for me. And I have to talk to them about, okay, exactly what were your symptoms like? How long did it last? Uh, how severe was it? I mean, have you had, I mean, you've had the flu in the past. I mean, really be honest with your ranking. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. If you go back and listen to my podcast, I'm not going to read it right here. It was different. But, I mean, I've had the flu far worse. I had, I had food poisoning a few years ago that was worse than this. I mean, it was horrific, the food poisoning. And again, the about I have a COVID, it sucked. It was not fun. I don't want to, I wouldn't want to get it again. But, I have to be honest with ranking it against everything else I've gone through in my life. And when I talk to people that like that and try and get them to rank it, really find that, yeah, wasn't quite as severe as they said. It wasn't easy. We've all had the flu and had 101 fever. You feel crummy. It's, it's horrific. It's, it stinks. But <laughs> they need to start being honest with just how severe it really was. Um, so I'm going to leave that there. We're going, to, we're going to move on to the business closures and the lockdowns. Well, I mean, they were draconian, plain and simple. They were tyrannical, 
It was the most blatant uh, example of government overreach. I, I mean, I've seen in my 46 years. Now, I used to believe that when the chips were down, I was a bit idealistic. Okay? Up until recently, up until COVID, I believed that when the chips were down, the majority of Americans, on both sides, by the way, not just conservatives, they'd stand up for liberty. And they wouldn't allow this kind of authoritarian rule from their elected officials. I really, I thought, man, I, I mean, I've seen it come for a long time, but I thought, you know what, though? Man, I have faith in Americans, and I think when, when, when it really, when it, when it hits the fan, they're going to stand up and do the right thing. Boy, was I wrong. I was absolutely wrong, at least where I'm at. Um, I found that even people on the right, people who I would have sworn would never give in to such demands, people who were like, I mean, just conservative to a fault, given just enough fear, they just rolled right over. I mean, and not only for themselves, by the way, I mean, for others as well. They became like, like, like they're looking out their window, looking for people, you know, you know, not wearing masks or walking close together or not social distancing. I mean, it, it was eye-opening to say the least. I was absolutely shocked and somewhat devastated. Uh, and, and we've got to change this. Um, I think some of those people are kind of regretting it now because of how far things have gone. But I, we need to change our mentality. On, on just to, uh, on liberty, guys, uh, and not just give in to fear. Uh, but anyway, back to the business shutdowns. What did the business shutdowns and lockdown measures accomplish? Well, mostly negative impact. Um, in fact, I'd probably say all negative. I, I can't think of one positive. Well, at least not for the business owners and not for the communities around them. And here's some numbers on this, okay? I don't think I need to tell you the devastating impact that it's had on the economy as a whole. I mean, look around you, right? The inflation, or Biden inflation, I should call it, is crippling households. It's destroyed the supply chain. According to Yelp, 60% of businesses will never reopen. All those small businesses that went out of business, they're gone. I mean, think about this. I drive down my, my, my down the street, and I see businesses that were there, and they were starting, and they were thriving before COVID, and now they're just gone. They're empty, or maybe they've been replaced by others, but most of them are just empty. And I, I think about that, and I think, you know... I mean, I may not have gone to, <coughs> to yoga uh, class or whatever. Some of these businesses I've seen closed down, these, these nail salons or anything else. But you know, these were these people's dreams. They dreamt of owning their own business, being their own boss, and being the captain of their own, their own destiny. And, and, and the government just came in and one fell swoop, just destroyed it. And everybody around me just stood there and watched it happen. Not just watched it happen. Oftentimes, they, they stood up for it. They encouraged it. But you know who did do well, guys? Big business. That's who did well. And now I'm not against big business, but I'm against, but I'm for fair business, okay? And especially online shopping, by the way. These guys made out like bandits. They eliminated their smaller competition, continued to put up more barriers to entry. And I... I mean, not only do stores like Walmart not have to shut down, but they actually hit record sales, especially online. Walmart Walmart had a 97% increase in online sales in 2020, and their shares went up 14%. Guys, 97% increase in online sales. Uh, amazing. I go to Walmart. Don't get me wrong. I shop at Walmart, but I like to shop at a lot of places. I like to go to a lot of local places too. How about Amazon? Amazon had a record year in 2020. 
Their pre-tax income for 2020, $24 billion. That's a 73% increase over the previous year, over 2019. And Amazon, by the way, is still posting record-breaking sales, even now to this day. I mean, look around, look, look at your own neighborhood. How about yours? But mine, UPS, FedEx, Amazon Delivery, Mailman, they're here all day, every day. I mean, I can't even tell you how many times they're out there. All day, every time I come here. I mean, I was home for lunch the other day for an hour. When I got here, two doors down, the UPS truck was there. In a rented truck, by the way. Two people handing out the delivering packages. When I left an hour later to go back to work, they were only just on the other side of the neighborhood still handing out packages. An hour later, they only got halfway through the neighborhood. I, I, guys, look, again, I'm not against big business. It's okay, but I'm all for fair business. This was not fair. This crushed the small business owner. And I'm really, look, you can think whether they did it on purpose or whether it was just consequences. I don't know. But, man, I'll tell you, something sure seems rotten in Denmark, doesn't it? All right, let's leave that topic and move on to public health. And how about public health? Because of the lockdowns, we saw record increases in drug and alcohol abuse. Domestic violence went up. In fact, it doubled, by the way. Domestic violence doubled during, during the lockdowns, during 2020. Child abuse tripled during the first few months of the lockdowns. Suicides, well, those increased too. In fact, the number of teen suicide attempts increased by 51%, especially during those first few months. Teens were attempting suicides at record levels, but hey, it's all good. As long as our elected, elected leaders could keep playing God and, and, and peddle fear for political purposes. Oh, and by the way, the populists, they could continue to cower in their homes and act like, 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 like cowards while society around them just crumbles. It was really unbelievable. I'm sorry to sound mad about this, guys, but we've got to start waking up and doing something. It was really unbelievable and not something that I really ever anticipated watching unfold. I mean, it's like it's something out of a dystopian nightmare of a movie. I mean, look, while we're talking about cowardice and emotion, let's talk about face masks real quick. Leading up to COVID, there were several studies on the efficacy of face masks for the flu. I mean, lots of them, dozens, okay? I believe dozens. It might not be dozens, but there were a lot, all right? Which, by the way, the flu spreads in the same fashion as COVID. And don't quote me on this, but I think the virus is actually a little bit smaller than COVID. But it's spread in the same, same fashion through aerosols and, and uh, your, you know, your breathing and when, mostly when you're actively sick. And every one of those studies found that face masks, especially cloth masks, to be useless in stopping the transmission of flu. But there was actually a Danish study. But there's been a couple of studies they point at. But there's only been one study that was actually a, a, a random controlled study. And it took place in Denmark. And it was specifically on COVID. And I think it was last June or July or August, something like that. It was the summertime. That study found absolutely no difference between, in transmission between the masked and the unmasked. They try and point to, uh, the, especially the progressives in the news will point to a couple other ones, but they don't tell you what they were. One of them, I think, may have been a UC Davis, and it was like I like a laser pointer and a, and a camera phone and spraying in a box. I, to look at particular, I don't know. It was, it was really... Part of my language was really half-assed. This was the, actually the only true controlled study done, and it found no difference between masked and unmasked as far as transmission. How about those surgical masks you see everybody wearing? 
those aren't made to do what people think they are. They're made to prevent splashing. In the, when a surgeon's doing surgery, to, to prevent bodily fluids from splashing up into their face and nose, and, and it prevents the surgeon from maybe any, any droplets or drips down into an open, an open surgical site. Even that aside, they still have around 50% penetration through those things. And the rest of your breath, it jets out around the edges. In fact, aer the aerosols will actually travel farther because of the increased velocity caused by the jetting. Cloth masks, you see a lot of people wearing those. In fact, probably the majority of people are. Get this, 97 and 99% penetration and massive jetting as well. They're useless. And who rags, you know, the buffs that people wear? Those are, I use those for fishing. Those, those are made to allow your breath to go in and out. Now, I know the mask may be a placebo or simply for comfort. I get that. I'm not against it. If you want to wear a mask, wear one. But I don't think that wearing one alone in a closed car or outside in the fresh air and sunshine, the safest place to be, by the way. And I, uh, okay, the, the virus actually can't survive very long out in the sunlight. But out there by yourself, I don't think that's a comfort issue or a placebo. I mean, I mean, come on. You're sitting in a car by yourself, nobody around. This isn't gas getting sucked into your car. Why are you wearing a mask? I, 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 mean, I mean, come on, restaurants here in California, I don't know about where you are, but here in California, they were literally making you wear a mask as you walked from the entrance to the table. And then you could take it off as if the virus could only spread when you were in transit from the lobby to the table. This is unbelievable. I mean, if you believe or do these things, I, guys, it seriously is a mental health issue. And I'm, I'm not saying that in, in a snarky, sarcastic manner. I'm really not. I think we, we are having a, 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 a global mental health crisis. I mean, these people, they really do need some help. And I'm not joking. I'm being very serious. To live your life in that kind of fear is just, it's heartbreaking. It's sad to see. I know people who are like that. But back to the masks, look, honestly, you can test this yourself. Put a mask on, take a pair of sunglasses or reading glasses or whatever and hold them in front of your mask and now breathe. Then look at the glasses real quick and you'll see fog on the glasses. Guys, that's your breath. The aerosols, they're carrying the virus and they're going right through the mask. By the way, even indoors, do you know that simply opening a window decreases the particulates in the air by 50% in as little as 30 seconds? And an AC has a similar effect. So no mask, fresh air, circulating air. Um, they do wonders, right? I mean, they do wonders. I mean, look, I'm going to the stores. I was just at the stores today and those plexiglass shields are still up everywhere. Guys, they don't do anything. I mean, they prevent people from spitting on you. But, you know, the, the, the aerosols still just, they just go around it. I mean, do you ever see your breath on a cold winter day? Yeah, that's the aerosols. They float around and they don't just splatter into those shields. And, and even the CDC admitted last year, they, 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 it was on their website. They said, really, transmission is most common, most, is most, most often caused when you are in an enclosed room with poor circulation for more than for 15 minutes or more on average with a person who has who's actively sick that's 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 the most common way you're going to get it if you're out and about and you're moving you're not getting it from somebody in passing going to the store so and i know this i sound 
I sound frustrated. I try not to be. And I, I think a lot of you guys out there are feeling the same way. And I try not to be frustrated at all. And I apologize for that. But I mean, this is all stuff we knew even before COVID. You know what works? The same thing we've always done. Coughing and sneezing into your elbows, washing your hands, and staying home when you're sick. Do asymptomatic people spread? Yeah, from what I've read, but it's very uncommon. Even Fauci, the, you know, Fauci the fraud, he admitted that if asymptomatic, that he, he admitted that asymptomatic spread is rare. Um, I had even heard him in an interview. Like, he said, look, if, if, this, if, it, if asymptomatic spread, if this would be the first time in history that a pandemic was, was, was driven by asymptomatic spread. It just doesn't happen. Now, of course, they tried to walk back this bit of info and these quotes from him, but we found this out in Fauci's emails after he lied to the public. That is what he said. I mean, his lies in his emails, that's another story, but he said that. Asymptomatics, they just don't spread it. Now let's move on to the mRNA uh, shot. I don't want to call it a vaccine. It's not a vaccine. Um, and we're also going to talk about vaccine mandates. First, the mRNA shot, it's completely new. It's not like any other vaccine. Uh, so I know I've heard people say, well, it's been around. The, the people have been doing this for years. They know. The, no, vaccines have been around for years. The mRNA shot has not. It's, the idea of it's been around for since the mid-late mid, late 90s, somewhere mid-90s, something like that, if I remember correctly from school. Um, but it's not a vaccine as we know it. Normally, a vaccine is made up of a killed or less commonly a modified live virus. This is then injected into the body, and this stimulates the body's natural immune response. Your body sees the virus, the whole virus, and it creates antibodies against it, against the whole virus. Now, I saw the, say the whole virus because that's not how the mRNA shot works. mRNA is like a little post-it, right, in your cells, just, just to explain this a little bit. The mRNA is like a little post-it in your cells, and, and your cells read it. And it gives instructions. And then the, the cell then carries out those, those instructions. The COVID mRNA shot inserts a little post-it that tells the cell, hey, create this one specific spike protein. Your body then reacts to that one specific spike protein and creates antibodies to fight it. This is layman's terms, but basically that's what's happening. Now with normal vaccines, if you're going to have a negative response, you would have to, you usually have it pretty quick. Um, unlike medication, which can be months or maybe years later, but with vaccines, it's usually pretty quick. But with the mRNA vaccine or shot, it's not a normal vaccine. We have no idea what the long-term effects of this basically, basically gene therapy of, of reprogramming your cells. We have no idea what the long-term effects will be, if there is any. I'm not saying there's going to be. There might not be. But there is no way for anyone, and I mean anyone, to say otherwise. Because it's literally... Not figuratively, but literally brand new. There are no long-term studies. If you've gotten the mRNA shot, then you are the long-term study. Now, I'll link, so, uh, I'll, I'll link the, the Project Veritas videos for you to watch on this. Um, I recommend you go watch them. I think there's five, maybe six by now. But there's a lot going on with this shot. And it kind of stinks to high heaven. Um, now, if you've gotten the shot, I'm not knocking you. I've got friends and family who've gotten it. You should be able to read the data, the true data, make a decision for yourself, 
And that is where it should end. But it's not, because the real issue here is even bigger than that. The government has taken it upon themselves to try and force the public into receiving this shot. But they aren't doing it directly. But they're trying to circumvent the Constitution by, by getting businesses to force it, or by using OSHA to enforce it. If you haven't been following this, then you've been living under a rock somewhere, okay? But fortunately, some very brave individuals have been standing up and saying no to this disgusting abuse and trampling of our Constitution, even at the risk of losing their livelihoods. Some businesses have been, they're suing, they're suing over it, and they should be. This can't be permitted, it can't be allowed. Let me just throw some facts out there about the mRNA shot, okay? These are just some, some, some basic things, okay, on uh, vaccine efficacy, um, inoculation, immunity, different things like that. All right, natural immunity, better than being vaccinated. Natural immunity may actually even be lifelong. SARS-CoV-2 is around 78% identical to SARS-CoV-1. In 15 years after being infected with SARS-CoV-1, those people who had it are still immune. In fact, about 15 years ago, um, they also rounded up the remaining survivors of the Spanish flu. You've probably heard of that because they've been talking about that a lot too. Well, they found that most of those people, after almost nine decades, were still immune to the Spanish flu. Even if antibodies wane, the T and B cells, they stay, and they're what protect you against severe disease. We have no idea how long this immunity is going to last for those who've had, have natural immunity. We also know that vaccine efficacy, it drops off dramatically within a couple of months of being fully vaccinated. So much so that they're now looking at a third booster and even a fourth. So you'd be talking of possibly getting four shots a year for this. Oh, and by the way, the vaccinated, they still get it and they still spread it. And they try and play this down, but the vaccine does not provide immunity. That's why, it's, that's why I keep trying, I shouldn't call it a vaccine. It's not a vaccine. It's a shot. It's a therapeutic. It does not provide immunity. And even if I give you that it prevents hospitalization and severe illness, um, which is fine, we can say that. In the end, everyone is still going to get COVID, basically a COVID-19 inoculation, period. You're either going to get the shot or you're going to get natural immunity. This isn't going anywhere. The idea of getting to COVID-0 it's an impossibility. Even after every person on the planet gets it, it, it still will have a reservoir in animals. Before we get to my conclusion, I want to clear up this comparison that we also hear oftentimes when they, to the uh, smallpox vaccination and to the mandate for smallpox. <coughs> Excuse me. First of all, smallpox is not the same. Smallpox had a 30% death rate, Okay. While COVID has an overall death rate of about 0.2 to 0.5%. Also, if you already had smallpox, you weren't required to get it. The counter natural immunity, and even if you still refused, you were allowed to simply pay a fine. The COVID vaccine mandates are a clear case of overreach. So what's my conclusion after, after all of this? And again, this is my opinion. My conclusion is, Huh. 15 days to flatten the curve never actually happened. Let me back up a little bit here before I go into my conclusion. Let's recap a little bit what we talked about. 
All right, they repeated the narrative of 15 days to flatten the curve, but they changed it to stopping the spread, which never was a possibility, was never even intended to work that way. They only wanted to slow the spread enough to keep it from overwhelming our medical resources, which ended up in being uh, the incorrect decision, by the way. I mean, hindsight, like I said, is 2020, I guess. And the problem was that even after we began to see this, they kept doubling down on the same failed policies, at least in, 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 in certain states. The business closures decimated small business and massively benefited large companies and online retail. So really, the government helped eliminate the little guy that was providing competition and increased revenue for all the large woke companies that marched lockstep with the overreaching government mandates. The shelter-in-place orders and the lockdowns had a horrific effect on the health, both on health, both physical and mental, of uh, the public. Drug and alcohol abuse hit new heights. Domestic and child abuse skyrocketed. Suicides hit new levels, especially among teenagers. But hey, you know, everybody could just feel good and have a false sense of safety or virtue signal by wearing their masks. I mean, who cares that children were killing themselves in record numbers, right? And how about those masks? They do nothing. You saw that? Look it up for yourself. They're at best a placebo and at worst a virtue, a virtue signal. This isn't an argument, all right? Not only does the data not support mask wearing you can test it for yourself i mean you can i told you just hold a pair of sunglasses in front of it you can see you can see it going through i i mean go outside on a cold day and breathe you'll still see it jetting out the sides why do you think it fogs your glasses when you're wearing them those are all the aerosols still coming out from behind the mask through the mask and everything else as far as i'm concerned discussion on the mask on masks it's over on this podcast i'm not debating anymore the data's out there. It's clear. They don't work. If you feel better wearing them, that's fine. That's okay. I'm not going to come down any for it. I might snicker at you when you're behind your back, but that's your choice. Lastly, the vaccine and vaccine mandates. Long-term data is impossible right now because the technology is new. Period. Even if we allow that vaccines are less likely to have a... Uh, um, those who are vaccinated are less likely to have severe illness or hospitalization. They can still get it and spread it. Therefore, there is absolutely zero, nada, no protection for others if you get vaccinated. It's purely a personal choice and for personal protection. If I'm unvaccinated and you're vaccinated, you're not protecting me at all. Because you can still get it and you can still give it to me. Period. What does this say for vaccine mandates? What does it mean? If you can still get it, if it doesn't do anything to protect your neighbor or your friends or your family, only protects you, what does it say about these forced vaccine, these forced mandates? It's discrimination. In fact, it's textbook discrimination. Let me read you the definition of discrimination from the uh, Merriam-Webster's dictionary. It says, discrimination. The practice of unfairly treating a person or group of people differently from other people or groups of people. Now, let's tack, we can tack prejudice onto this as well, okay? Uh, here's the definition for that. Uh, it says, it is an unfair feeling or dislike for a person or group because of race, sex, religion, etc. So I have to ask. I mean, discriminating, I mean, I don't know about you, but you know, you go to work, you're unvaccinated. You might be able to get away with it, maybe with a religious exception or whatever. They're going to make you wear a mask, make you test every week. So even though getting vaccinated does nothing to help your fellow man out, it's only for yourself, they don't like that. So they're going to segregate you and punish you 
for not doing what they want you to do, for not making personal medical choices that they want you to make. The government and companies are singling out a group of people, the unvaccinated, for no other reason than they don't like their personal medical decisions. And they're subjecting them to, really, to mandatory testing and wearing and wearing a mask, like I said. And in some cases, they're not even allowing that. Quite honestly, this is, this is ridiculous. You think about this. In less than two years, we went from 15 days to flatten the curve to get the jab or lose your job. Honestly. I get a little angry sometimes that I know it comes across in this podcast and I don't like feeling that way all the time. Uh, but I can't help it because the truth is this could have been so much easier to prevent if we had stood up for our liberty last year. As soon as the business closure and the mass mandates happened, as soon as they tried to, to force that on us, I mean, I advocated for disobeying it from the beginning. But as I said, even those who I believe to be very conservative, they rolled over pretty quick. And I really found myself standing fairly alone. And now here we are. We cannot allow this to go any further. Now, you've listened to all of this, and I'm not a lawyer. I'm not an attorney. Go look this up. This is my opinion, and that's it, based upon the data that I've read. And I'll give, I'm going to give the data in the description, so please read it for yourself. Look into it for yourself. But the one thing that is just no joke is really, as far as I'm sure, not debatable anymore is the idea of our liberty. Liberty's not easy. And honestly, salvation, your, your personal salvation of your soul is the only thing I can think of that is more precious than liberty. We've allowed our government and the emotionally immature who live among us to chip away at our liberties, liberties for, for decades. Let me ask you, if you had a gold nugget, I mean a big one, let's say like the size of a softball, right? And you were holding it in your hand. Would you allow anyone to come chip away at it? Even if they were just tiny chips. Oh, hey, 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 can I just, I want a little, just a little, a little tiny chip, just a, a grain of it. No, you wouldn't allow any, you wouldn't allow anybody near it, let alone do anything to it because it's precious. But how much more valuable is our liberty? Not only for ourselves, but for our, our posterity. We've been deluded into agreeing to these so-called common sense laws that erode our God-given rights. This statement, by the way, common sense laws, it's an oxymoron when it comes to, to, to our constitutional rights. Because passing any law that erodes these unalienable rights, it violates common sense. There is no such thing as a common sense law if it violates your constitutional rights. And agreeing to these toxic ideas that violate our rights is exactly that. It's delusional. In fact, Edmund Burke, um, he was a, um, he actually was an Englishman, but he supported the rights of the American colonists. Um, he was a statesman in England. And uh, he said that the people never give up their liberties, but under some delusion. And that's really what this is. It's delusional to think that we can have common sense laws that erode our liberties. That's not common sense. That's foolishness. It's time to wake up. Look, I blame the current state of our nation on every person, whether they be elected politician who marketed and sold this fear porn or the average everyday citizen who bought it. But I don't hold it against any of them. I really don't. We can still put our foot down. I'm not without hope. 
Okay? Uh, look, we have a God who's the God of me. He's still, he's in the miracle business. This is not hopeless. It's not over. Now, the price we have to pay, it might be higher now than it would have been 20 months ago if we would have all just given our finger to the government and said, no, no, we're in mass. You're not shutting down our businesses. But with every passing day, we lose more ground. It's time we value our God-given liberty, that we stop giving it up for a few measly dollars and for the illusion of safety. Now, our founders, they had a lot to say about liberty. I mean, that's why they fought. That's why they, they were prepared to sacrifice their, their everything, their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. So I'm going to leave you with just a few quotes from them. And I'm going to put a link. You can read a whole bunch of them. But I'm going to leave you with a few quotes from them. And here they are. Benjamin Franklin said, Those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. Thomas Jefferson said, Timid men prefer the timid calm of despotism to the boisterous seas of liberty. And he also said that the people are the only secure reliance for the preservation of our liberty. The people are. Listen to that. The people are the only ones who can secure our liberty. John Adams, he said, but a constitution of government once changed from freedom can never be restored. Liberty once lost is lost forever. And this is true. How much of liberties that people enjoyed 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago are gone? And last, but definitely not least, in fact, this founder is one of my favorite founding fathers, George Washington. He said, the establishment of civil and religious liberty was the motive which induced me to the field. The, the object is attained. And now it remains to me uh, to be my earnest wish and prayer that the citizens of the United States could make a wise and virtuous use of the blessings placed before them. Listen to that. My earnest wish and prayer that the citizens of the United States could make a wise, wise and virtuous use of the blessings placed before them. Don't squander them, but put them to wise and virtuous use. How about you, listener? Are you making a wise and virtuous use of the blessings placed before you, the blessings God's given you? Are you squandering them or are you using them to bless others. You've been given a great gift of liberty here in the United States. Uh, we are a beacon, a light. I know a few, a couple people from Romania. I know another one who escaped Hungary during communist rule, another one who escaped Cambodia. And even to this day, people still, I mean, guys, people look at our southern border. People are fighting to get here. The United States is a shining beacon to the rest of the world because of our freedom, because of our liberty. Look, no matter where you find yourself today, no matter what station in life, I hope you make a decision to preserve liberty, preserve our Constitution, and stand firm for our God-given rights, not just for us here today, but for our children, our children's children. Well, that ends today, uh, today's podcast. I, I hope you learned something. Please. I encourage you to please, please research this for yourself. Go to the links I provide. Go find more. Educate yourself. I can't, I can't do it for you. You have to want to learn. So until next time, 
May God bless you. May he bless your family. And may God bless the United States of America. Waking up, waking up, waking up, waking up.